Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy, co-hosted by me, Zivi Owens, and Tracy Cox, who is the author of 17 books and an international sex expert. We are the duo behind the TikTok viral sensation account called With Zivi and Tracy, and you should definitely listen to this podcast in which I ask Tracy three anonymously sourced questions each episode, which you can also enter at www.sextalkwithzivian.com tracy.com and it's sex talk s-e-x-t-o-k to reflect our tiktok viral success i hope you enjoy enter your questions on our website listen up send it to friends and please rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts enjoy hey tracy how are you doing on our season two episode 10 of this amazing podcast that we do together And it's going so well. The downloads are brilliant and we're getting so much feedback, which is thank you everybody for for feeding back. Actually, there was one woman that wrote to me on Instagram, which I just loved. And she said, I love your podcast, but it's just not long enough. Can't you make it twice as long? Oh, that's so (laughs) sweet. And I thought that was so sweet. I thought it was really, really nice. Wait, just a heads up to listeners in advance, but we are going to take a little break in recording over the summer. So we'll have so many episodes in the backlog that you can listen to again and again, but we are going to take a little pause over the summer and resume in the fall. So just try to emotionally prepare yourself for that. (laughs) (laughs) And all the sex challenges, remember we talked about putting them into a format. They are all now ready and in one article and they are on Medium. And I know you have to pay to watch so many, to read so many articles on Medium, but if you just go in there occasionally, you can get a few for free, can't you? So I think we're looking at that, aren't we? Yes. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank you for doing that. That's awesome. No problem. (laughs) So they're all ready to go. Okay. What have All we right. got? We have three questions today. Question number one. I'm happily married, but have a crush on one of the dads I see on the school run. We have a chat and a laugh and now and then go for a coffee. Nothing is going to happen. I've had crushes before and they just fade out over time, but I'm curious if this happens to other married women. Are crushes normal? How do other people handle it? Is it something I should tell my partner and have a laugh about or should it stay a secret? What does it say about my marriage? Right. I know you well enough to know that you're not going to admit to a crush. Unless you will admit to a crush. No. The show's not about head. me. The show's not about me. You talk, Tracy. Well, my, my, I'm going to admit to a crush in the, in the answer to this. And my overwhelming thing with this is that you're married. You're not dead. You are still going to be finding people attractive. And I found one US study that said 98% of men and 80% of women had fantasized about someone other than their partner in the past two months. So we are all at it, quite frankly. 
But there is a fantasy and there is a crush. And mm-hmm. I think a fantasy is something that you whip out when you, you know, mm-hmm. masturbate or something, whereas a crush is kind of all-consuming, isn't it? It's infatuation, whereas I think a fantasy is more about sex. But we all do it. And the reason why we do it is because it's a bit of ego, it's a bit of attention and excitement, really. And what it does is it, it when you have a crush on somebody in that very beginning bit, because it's all, you don't know if they've seen you or fancy or anything, it sets off all the those wonderful love hormones that are there in the start. And unfortunately, if you're in a long-term relationship, the only thing that's ever going to set those off again for you two is going to be if you've had a trauma, like you, one of you nearly died or one of you had an affair or something like that. So it's not something that's easy to make happen, although you particularly want to make happen in a long-term relationship. So everybody, I think, knows that those flutterings in the tummy and all that sort of stuff are only going to be get got from being attracted to somebody else. So I think, and I think most crushes are entirely innocent. I mean, a lot of them are on celebrities. And my crush that I'm admitting to is, did you ever watch Mad Men? Yes, of course. Don Draper. Oh my God. I mean, I think I was obsessed, obsessed. And I, I love like John Hamm. classic bad boy, right? Oh my He's God. Just- so ungettable, right? He just—it wasn't even the personality for me. It was just the way he looks in that character. I used to get the pictures up on my phone, and I would look at them for ages. Aww. And we're not talking about—I would just couldn't stop staring at him. But then I see him in other roles, and I'm like, no, you're not doing yeah, it for me. Yeah, the roles. other roles, he's not the same. It's no. Yeah. So, and I don't think, and Miles, uh, my husband, used to think it was quite amusing. And in fact, I was so obsessed with him that my friend bought me a framed picture of him <laughs> as oh a present. Gosh. And I was just like, oh my God, this is really embarrassing. Well, but Sally it, Draper, Don Draper's daughter in that show, is yeah. the star of my husband Kyle's new movie. Oh, is she? Yeah, she's the main wow. character. Yeah. I wonder what would become of her because she's yeah. very good. Oh, anyway, she's so anyway, good. anyway yeah. is she? I bet she is actually. So, so I don't think it says anything bad about a marriage if you've got a crush on somebody because I'm very happily married and I had a major crush on Don Draper. Because feeling attracted or excited by someone other than your partner doesn't mean that you're not attracted and excited by your partner. But what I think the crucial things are about a crush, it's how you feel about it and what you do with it that is really important. And by how you feel, I mean, does it feel non-threatening, a bit of a laugh, a bit of fun, then that's probably all it is. But if it's disturbing you, if you're starting to think, well, this is weird, why am I thinking about this person all the time? Or why isn't my partner like that? Then that, I think, means that it very much could be a problem in your relationship that needs looking at. So I think how you feel about it is really important. And then what you do about it, of Mm -hmm. course, is what's Mm -hmm. important. So do you flirt or don't you flirt? So uh, I think to me, it depends on who it is. And in this situation, it's a dad on the school run. She's having a bit of banter and they're going for a coffee. I think at this point, it's probably quite safe. I think if it goes any further, like social media, contact, texting, I think then it turns into something else and it's going to be tumbleweed. It's going to pick up and run. Not tumbleweed, but what's it called? You know, when things gather and keep going, you know what I mean? So in that situation, but say you've got a crush on somebody at work that you see all the time. I think that is far more dangerous. And I think that's when you really have to put, you know, like boundaries in place and be very, very careful. Like if you've got a major crush at somebody at work and there's work drinks, adding alcohol 
into a situation like that, I wouldn't go there. So I think that it's all about, and it's all about like crushes, I think are okay with people like John Hamm, which I'm unlikely to meet. In fact, though, as my husband used to point, I go, look, I'm never going to meet him. And he go, well, you meet celebrities all the time. So why aren't but you? It's meeting? not even John Hamm. It's Don Draper. He doesn't even. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Thanks. If it's You're not welcome. even John Hamm. Yeah. And in fact, my friend did meet John Hamm and they were just around the corner from where I live in Notting Hill. And she stood next to him. She knows how I feel about him. And she didn't tell me. And I could have got in a cab and gone there and met him. And she said he did look a bit like the John Draper character. Anyway, well, not that I'm bitter about that. But I think... Is it better to tell the spouse or not tell the spouse? I think it totally depends on the spouse. Don't you? I think, yeah. I think the short answer is that crushes are totally normal. I think, you know, there are people, there's so many people in the world, right? And we Mm. all have this energy or whatever it is, right? Where you connect with people. Like I do podcasts day, like podcast after podcast after podcast. And there's this immediate like chemistry with whoever I'm talking to, Right. And not just men. Like, I mean, men, like you just connect on this level or this level, or you have this is fun. Now you start making jokes or these people are very serious or whatever. So imagine in a, taking that to like the dating world or whatever, like mm. just because you've arrived at your husband who you love and adore, doesn't mean there aren't all those other people out there that connect with you on all those different levels, right? right. Like it's just natural that that would happen, but I don't think it means anything bad. You just have different energy. But I would say in my two cents, if you start feeling like, oh, this is, this is somebody I might have a crush on, I would sort of go the other direction. I would say, you know what? I'm not going to start emailing this person. I'm going to let this go. Like, I'm just going to, I acknowledge that maybe I feel this way and then it's going to go fluttering off into the universe again. There's this great book I'm reading now. I actually just read half of it right before I talked to you. It's called Foreverland on the Divine Tedium of Marriage by Heather Haverleski. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Anyway. Fiction or nonfiction? Nonfiction. Right. But in it, it's about, and it's about the story of a marriage, but she's a, this brilliant writer. And at the part I'm in now, she goes out to this dinner with these two very smart, funny authors who she loves, you know, and they're paying all this attention to her. And then one of them like starts playing footsie with her under the table. And she actually goes home and tells her husband and says, you're not going to believe this. Like, I just got yeah. hit on tonight. <laughs> Yeah, so they all had that. a laugh. They all had a laugh about it, and then the next day, the next morning, he's like, "Oh, so are you going to call your like, you know, policeman looking new crush or whatever?" And she's like, "No, of course not." But yeah. anyway, see, that's a healthy marriage, isn't it? Yeah. I would do that. I would probably go home and say, "I'd be very pleased with myself." I'd go home and say, "God, you won't believe this, but yeah. exactly, someone hit on yeah. me." I'd be so yeah. happy about it. But this is what my I, what I was my final point about this was going to be, and this is where this all this harmlessness of it is can become dangerous with somebody that she sees on a regular basis. That's true. Yeah, that would be This is all fine when your marriages are happy and healthy. But when your marriages start to not be happy and healthy, if you start going through bad times, that's when this can suddenly go from harmless to really, really dangerous because... If your marriage, say his marriage is fine and yours isn't, well, you're, you're going to him, you probably start confiding in him. You're looking at a replacement partner right there. You've already got somebody that you're attracted to that you know is attracted to you because it's, you know, mutual attraction, blah, blah. So, I mean, that's when it can tip over. And all you've got to hope in that situation is that just one of your marriages goes wrong. <laughs> because, and then, but it, can, but it can be a real tipping point. So say his marriage is great, yours starts to go wrong. He thinks, actually, God, this is a bit tempting now because, you know, she was always happily married before. And then you start to think, well, am I that happily married? Actually, now I think about it. And maybe I deserve a bit on the side. So it can really snowball 
Snowball, that's the You thing have to read this book, Foreverland. Heather okay. Haverleski. It's exactly on this topic. It, it's Whoever wrote this question needs to read this book. Foreverland. Okay, good. That's my, yes, that's my advice. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, question number two. I'm no prude and have nothing against people watching porn, but I am alarmed by the amount of time my boyfriend now spends watching it on his phone. We both work from home, and it's ramped up since then. He thinks it's funny when I catch him and doesn't try to hide it, but it's starting to bug me looking over and seeing women doing degrading things to men for hours each day. Am I overreacting? Well, I would say you're not overreacting. <laughs> Listen, I think this is a yes and no answer. Yes, you are. No, you're not because of the gender divide. And with porn, there is a massive gender divide between women and men. So I think women would think you're not overreacting. Men would say you are overreacting. And this working from home, I'll tell you what, it's got a lot to answer for because, I mean, in the office, you had to worry about your boss coming and looking over your shoulder at home. You don't have to worry about this. And they did a study this week and they found that this is all on people's work devices, by the way, work computers. 17% were binging on social media. 15% were texting their friends, just reading, you know, like just calling their friends or texting them. 5% were gambling and 5% were looking at porn. Now, this was a UK study. So that 5% works out to about 3 million workers that are spending 5% of their work, of, of the time that they're meant to be working on porn. Now, of those people watching porn, a third of them were watching it for two to four hours a day. Jeez. A day. Who has that kind of time? 20%. Exactly. 20% <laughs> are watching it for four to eight hours. Stop it. Now, maybe they just left it on by mistake or something. It's impossible. No. Who is spending their life like that? I think men do. And I think people have things on the side. So maybe they're talking, you know, like they're not going to be doing a podcast, but maybe they're talking to their bot in a meeting and they've got their phone down secretly watching it. I mean, and the thing is, porn use for men has been out of control for such a long time. Pornhub has, which is the biggest porn website, has 42 billion oh my gosh. visits per year, billion. I didn't, I, reg- I didn't mean my comment to sound judgmental if someone listening is watching porn for four to six hours a day. I just think that's a lot. And there are a lot of things to do in life. It is a lot to do anything for four to eight hours right? is a lot. Yeah. Unless it's, it's like something... a job. That's like yeah. a part-time job you're doing yeah. there. It is. But out of these 42 billion, 68% of them are men. Women watch it as well, but it's mainly men. And interestingly, the traffic spikes at 10 o'clock at night, right? I get that. Four o'clock in the afternoon. Why? What happens at four o'clock in the afternoon? I mean, that's when I get coffee and chocolate, but okay, fine, whatever. But maybe that's what <laughs> men do, go and get, go and get yeah. porn. A little pick-me-up. <laughs> a little pick-me-up. So, um, and the thing is about porn is that we all know that, you know, for young boys, it's terrible. It's teaching them all sorts of thing about, things about sex that they shouldn't be taught. 
But most men still see porn as harmless. And here's the really interesting thing is that most studies show that, in fact, it could turn out to be just harmless because there was a study in 2019 of 130 studies on porn. And I always think the studies of the studies are really interesting and probably quite indicative of what's really going on because if they're looking at all these studies that have already been done and taking conclusions from them, I think that's a lot of studies that they're looking at, 130. And they decided that the conclusion was that porn for most men is a hedonistic experience primarily motivated by undemanding sexual pleasure. In other words, it's just meaningless indulgence. It's exactly what men say. It is just a bit of fun. And this is why men don't understand why women freak out about it, because they see porn as completely separate from their relationship. They don't understand that women say, well, does that mean you don't love me? Isn't our sex good enough? Do you want me to look like the woman on the screen? They don't think of it like that. Unless it replaces real life sex, they just cannot see how this has got anything to do with you, anything to do with real life. And I, going back to the actual question, I don't think this guy, even though he's watching an awful lot of porn, I don't think it's porn addiction. For two reasons, he's not hiding it and it's not replacing real life sex. I think she sort of said that. I think she said that. I'm getting the impression that it's not. And also that he thinks it's kind of funny. I think if you really have a problem, you would tend to be hiding it and doing things like that. So I honestly think he is one of these men. I think his motivation is simple. I don't think there's anything nasty behind it. And men just do not see excessive use of porn as a problem. So I suspect that he thinks you catching him watching porn during the day when he's meant to be working, it's like you being caught doing online shopping. I think he probably thinks of it like that. So, but for women, for her, I would, if I caught my partner sitting there watching porn for hours, I mean, I would just say, what are you doing? What is wrong with you? How could you be interested in that? Why are you wasting so much time? Get a bloody job, get another job. I mean, don't you think it's just... Yes. I would be very annoyed. I would be like, okay, what about that window we never had fixed? <laughs> like, what about that? All those things on the to-do list that are not getting done. But anyway. Oh, yes. so I, I, I don't blame this woman. I, I don't blame I don't, this woman for being upset. Not at all. But I think she's obviously told him that she is annoyed by it. But has she said why? Because I think she should say to him, listen, I think it's awful that, you know, and I think it's sad that porn is exploiting women. Not all porn is exploiting mm-hmm. women, by You're right. Way. You're absolutely right. And, but I see it as distasteful. I'm worried you're going to pick up bad habits. It really puts me off. It also worries me about your mental health and <laughs> the fact that you're not having any intellectual stimulation. And he will sit there and he will go, yep, you're right. I completely understand. And then he'll just go back to watching porn. You're probably right. So I reckon your best bet here is to say, listen, give him all those reasons and just say, can you not do it when I'm around? If you want to continue to do this, fine, but can you please not let me see you doing it? And then if you can let it go, let it go. If you can't let it go, maybe he's not for you. I mean, is he? what's he doing in the rest of the time? He's not. Is he a great boyfriend otherwise? I mean, I'd be very curious. Too bad mm. we aren't flies on the wall of this relationship here. I know, I know, I know. Okay, question number three. Please help me, Zibby and Tracy. That's so nice when people say say that. Is that? I feel like I feel like we're like you know, dear Abby or something. It's so cool. Okay, <laughs> we all are. right. Whoever this is, we will try. Please help me, Zibby and Tracy. I married my wife three years ago after being together for seven years. She's never been that interested in sex, but now we don't have sex at all. It stopped when we got married. We're in our late 30s and our kids are now at school. I love her, but I'm not prepared to never have sex again. She refuses to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Well, this is not good. 
This is this is not good. No. 30s, they're in their 30s, let's just say that again. The fact is they're not alone. I mean, Susie Godson, who's a UK researcher, did, she surveyed 3,500 people and 20% of them weren't having sex. So they're not alone. And in fact, every time we talk about sexless marriages on this podcast, the more letters we get or the more questions we get on what to do in a sexless marriage. But, but, she, but one of the people doesn't want to be in a sexless marriage. I mean, if they both exactly. agreed to it. That's fine. Great. Whatever. Whatever makes your marriage work. But this is not good if one person doesn't want that and they don't talk about it. The lack of of communication is like the biggest red flag in the whole thing. I think there are so many red flags. I mean, number one is the age in your 30s. They're not in their 60s. And the only thing that would excuse somebody in their 30s not wanting to have sex is if they've got tons of kids, like Mm -hmm. toddlers, Mm -hmm. babies. She hasn't. They're at school. She's never been interested Yep. Is another point. She won't talk about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many negatives yeah. here. So this guy is basically married to somebody who's never liked sex. He hasn't had yeah. it for three years and she won't talk about it. So he's left with not much room. Now, a few things that I would say is, has there been or do you know of any past sexual trauma that might explain mm, this? That's interesting. I think because I'm just assuming here that it's disinterest, not dysfunction. But I would maybe see just think whether she's ever said anything. And was she ever open to exploring to make sex more enjoyable? I mean, maybe sex, maybe the technique's not right for her. Maybe she just has never really enjoyed sex. Maybe she's never really understood her body. But is she open to that? Has she Mm -hmm. ever been open to that? Also, I think one other thing that intrigued me, I would like to know, is she a kind, caring person otherwise? Does she think about your needs Otherwise, like, is she really nice and, oh, I'll look after you, darling? Because this is very much like, I don't want to have sex anymore, so you're not allowed to have sex anymore. Mm -hmm. So I wonder what she's like. Now, your options really are, you've got two, well, three. You either leave, you either satisfy yourself with solo sex, or you seek sex outside the marriage. I don't know if any of those appeal to you. I mean, as Zibby said, sexless marriages can survive, but only if you've talked extensively, if you've exhausted all the options, and both of you are very, very happy to make this decision. And this isn't the case here. Now, I think you need information to be able to make an informed decision of what to do here. And I'm going to suggest what to say to her. But first up, I think you need to think through what you're going to say if she says, you know what, we're not having sex anymore, and that's it and think through what you want to say, then I think you say to her, you need to be really blunt and just say, look, I need to talk to you about the fact that we haven't had sex for three years. If she refuses, then you write her a letter or you write her an email and you write all this down and you say to her, listen, I'm really worried this means we're never going to have sex again. Am I correct in this assumption? How do you feel about this? How do you think I feel about this? Having something that's very precious to me taken away Will you work with me to find a solution? Would you see a sex therapist about maybe why you've never been interested? And then depending on her answers, then you, if she is having the discussion with you, you need to move into, well, how do you see me satisfying myself sexually? Are you saying I'm just meant to masturbate or are you saying I'm meant to get sex outside the marriage? Now, if she won't read this, say she won't talk to you or she refuses to read it, I think you assume the worst. I think you assume that all of those things are, yep, I'm not having sex with you and I expect you to put up with it. And then, of course, you have the hard decision. And, I mean, kids, yeah, you've got kids and divorce isn't great for kids, but it's also not great if one parent is desperately unhappy. Yeah, I totally agree. Are you agreeing? I agree. I agree. I think, yeah, Mm. they have to talk about it. I mean, desperate situation, awful situation to be in. I have full sympathy. I feel badly. 
but I'm sorry. I hope we helped you, whoever asked for help. We're here for you. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Good luck. I Try to talk to her. Helps. I would say really, really go to therapy and make sure before you start sleeping mm. with somebody else. That and remember, you can write it all down because people often say she won't talk to me or he won't talk to me. It's like, well, write, write it down then. Very yeah. few people could resist reading it. Very few. So there's always a way to get your, your point across. I write so many things down and send so many long emails to people that I'm together with. <laughs> like, <laughs> Kyle's like, just talk to me. Anyway, I know it's so much easier <laughs> for me to, to write, but anyway, oh my gosh. Yeah, anyway. me too. That's my, that I'm much better at writing things down. Right. Okay. Sex okay. challenge. Sex challenge of the week. Okay. This is an old fashioned idea that still works really well. Start a sex jar. Now what I call by sex jar is just a jar where you each write down on pieces of paper, what you'd like to do and what you'd like to try. Then you rip them into pieces, fold them all up, put them into the jar, shake them up. And then each week, you're shaking your head there. I'm just you thinking, pick out like, something. nobody with small children, nobody with kids who can read can do the sex jar. <laughs> Would you put it somewhere safe or is there no, no There is safety? no safe place. Okay. Oh, my God. But I like, this. Be- I like this. I like the idea. It comes from a good place. It's funny. I like it. And, and what's good about it is that you you can't, you know what's in there. I mean, you, you could just completely write them each separately and not tell each other, and that could be a surprise. Or even if you know what each other's written, you don't know what order it's going to be. So you might go, today we're going to do, oh, well, it's this one, you know. So it's quite a good way to keep things fresh and exciting. It's an old-fashioned idea, but it does work. Amazing. I love it. There you go. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Tracy. This was so fun. <laughs> yes, it was, as always. Okay. Okay. Have a great week. Bye. Me Thanks too. for listening, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy. If you want more from Tracy, she has a column on Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. So check that out, too. Thanks again. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.